Doubt. I've had it. I've done battle with doubt on many occasions. Doubt exploded in my mind as a freshman in philosophy class at the State University. Uh, the professor, an atheist, he asked questions of the Christian faith that at that time, at 18 years old, I couldn't answer. He then gave arguments against the reality of God. And again, at 18, year old, 18 years old, I had no rational response to give him. And doubt filled my mind. As a young married couple, Tammy and I, we were going to have our first baby. We were so excited to start our family. In fact, our dream was, our hope was, for two boys, two girls. We dreamed of trips and birthday parties, games together, and watching our kids start their own families. But then something went wrong. We raced to the doctor's office only to learn we lost the baby. We experienced the cruelty of miscarriage on multiple occasions. The pain of death in each miscarriage raised an unanswerable question in our minds. In fact, for quite a while, because we could not find the answers, doubt became anger. Why didn't God stop our loss? In the Christian life, faith and doubt, they often dance together. In fact, let me ask you a question. What question of life, what situation in life has dragged you into the dance between faith and doubt? Uh, if you have danced with doubt, John Ortberg tells us that you and I, we're in good company. Billy Graham, in his late 80s, he was asked if he believed that after he dies, he will hear God say to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, after a pause, Billy Graham said, after a surprising inner struggle, I hope so. Martin Luther, the champion of justification by faith, he was approached by an elderly woman troubled by doubt. Tell me, he asked her, when you recite the creeds, the core beliefs of the Christian faith, do you believe them? Well, yes, most certainly, she answered. Then go in peace, Luther said. You believe them more and better than I do. Elie Wiesel, when asked to describe his faith, uses the adjective of wounded. He says this, my tradition teaches that no heart is as whole as a broken heart. And I would say that no faith is as solid as a wounded faith. Now, what makes doubt such an uncomfortable place to be in the Christian life is that at its heart, doubt is asking this question. Do you trust? Can you trust? More specific, can you trust God? Are we sure? How can we be sure? Do we trust him enough to rely on him completely? Because faith, at its essence, is all about our all-out reliance on God. So how does doubt happen? How does it occur? Here's how Oz Guinness explains it, and I really appreciated this. He says this, We live life and life is going well, and faith is easy because life, well, it goes as we expect it should. But then, a situation occurs that does not match what we expect. Maybe it's the unexpected death of a loved one. An expense that creates a financial crisis. 
or maybe a virus that eliminates your job security after decades of service. Such situations go beyond the limits of our current faith, and it tests us. This testing forces us to make a choice. Here's choice number one. Give up faith. The situation causes us to abandon God, to abandon his word for a life of disbelief because the circumstance caused us to believe that God is not trustworthy. That's choice one. Choice two is after that situation, you go back to square one. Oh, the question is still there. The wrestling, the struggle, the dance with doubt is still there. But the foundation, the roots of our faith, we believe to be solid and secure. We go back to those and let the doubt lead our faith to discover new understanding about God's trustworthiness. Choice two is what Guinness calls the square one principle of doubt. Go back to what you are sure of in your faith and then move forward from there to discover deeper trust in God. Now, why is this so important to understand? Because I want you to see that some of the misconceptions we have of doubt, they're just not true. Here's the one that I really want to emphasize. Doubt is not the same as disbelief. Hear that again. Doubt is not the same as disbelief. I like how Dominic Dunn explains the difference between doubt and unbelief. He writes this. Doubt says, I am unsure of what is right. Unbelief says, I don't care about what is right. Doubt is searching for the light. Unbelief is choosing to gouge out your eyes. Doubt is pursuing truth wherever it may lead. Unbelief is content with living by a lie. Doubt exists somewhere between belief and unbelief. Doubt is the moment of tension, which in and of itself, it's not good or bad. It's actually somewhere in between. In fact, let me illustrate doubt. Let me illustrate it by two circles. We have one circle here, belief, and the other, disbelief. And I want you to see where the two overlap. This area right here, where disbelief and, and disbelief and belief overlap, that right there is where doubt is. They share that space. That's the doubt. Until a person makes the decision to disbelieve, they still have a foundational belief. There's simply an area of belief that they are wrestling with. That's doubt. In fact, remember in Mark chapter 9, when a father brings his demonic-possessed son to Jesus' disciples, but they could not drive the spirit out. Mark chapter 9, verse 18. While the father pleads with Jesus to help his son, and the father says, if you can do anything, help us. Chapter 9, verse 22. Jesus hears the doubt in the man's statement. And Jesus says, if you can, everything is possible for one who believes. Verse 23. And listen to the father's response. He says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. This father's belief and disbelief, they overlap to create an area of doubt. So he calls on God for greater faith to trust God. 
You do realize in story after story in the Bible, we see men and women of God whose faith collides with doubt. Abraham and Sarah doubted God's promise, Genesis 17, Genesis 18. Gideon doubted his calling from God, Judges chapter 6. Job doubted God's character, Job chapter 7. John the Baptist, who Jesus called the greatest of all prophets, he doubted if Jesus was the Messiah, Matthew chapter 11. Peter doubted his faith, Mark 14. Thomas doubted the resurrection, John chapter 20. I love how scripture doesn't edit out the stories of those who struggled to believe something new about God. Here's my point. If there is any place that should be safe for people to wrestle with doubt, it should be in the church. In fact, Jude 22 says this, be merciful to those who doubt. Doubt is not something to be ashamed of. Doubt is faith seeking understanding. May I give you some advice for those times when you have doubt that pops into your life when you're in the dance with doubt? Here's some advice. Number one, know that doubt is a door for deeper faith. Throughout scripture, we are told that trials, temptations, and suffering will test our beliefs. There are some ideas that we have about God that are actually a modification of what the Bible actually teaches. So in times of testing, we may discover that some of our ideas are wrong. So we need to adapt our beliefs to match Scripture. We need a more accurate biblical belief. But with a more accurate biblical belief comes a stronger faith. Here's a second piece of advice. Be comfortable living with mystery. Even as human beings, there are times that we want to have all the answers. We want complete understanding before we make a commitment to a path that God wants us to take. We want, we want all understanding before we commit to his will, maybe. But in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, listen to what God tells us. He says this, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the, re but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. What's this telling us? It's saying that there are secrets about this world. There are secrets about God that only God can comprehend. But even though we cannot understand everything, God has given us all we need in his word. It's in his word that we can find peace in God when mystery arises, when big questions don't have easy answers. Sometimes our doubt, we just have to say it's a mystery and we simply need to trust God. Here's a third principle. When in doubt, keep living by the faith you still have. Remember our little diagram right here. When doubt pops in, I want you to see belief hasn't been abandoned. You cannot disbelieve unless you choose to completely walk away from God and his word. If you're struggling with doubt, that shows you still have belief. Don't allow your doubt to influence you to live as an unbeliever. Keep living your faith out of the biblical beliefs that are solid and sure. I guess here's what I'm saying. Don't trust your feelings. Instead, hold on to the confidence you have 
that is not shaken and keep trusting God. Here's the fourth thing. Doubt your doubts. Here's something I came to learn about myself when it came to doubt. Quite often, I trusted my doubts to be more truthful than the truths of my faith. Why would I give my doubt a courtesy that I wouldn't give my faith? Michael Patton writes this, For Christians, we can be sure that the central truths of our faith will never be outweighed by our doubt. Pestered, yes, but never. When we learn to doubt our doubts, should our faith be overthrown? Call your doubts into question. I like that. Doubt your doubts. Patton goes on to explain, there are primarily two types of doubters. The first are walking away from God and believe they find they're, they're finding freedom. The second type, they feel they're walking away from their faith and are deeply disturbed about it. The difference with the second is that they are always facing God. They're always crying out with their arms outstretched for him to help. Thankfully, in most cases, such doubters who wrestle with it face, while facing God, they eventually come to a place of deeper faith and deeper trust in God. Doubt is a transition into deeper faith if we deal with it properly. Here's the final thing, number five. When in doubt, be a solution to someone's need. When in doubt, be a solution to someone's need. Does that one catch you as off guard as it did me? It's actually advice that Christian author Philip Yancey gives after he read about the life of Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Uh, ten years after her death, Mother Teresa of Calcutta made the news again when a book recording her doubts was published. It was published against her wishes. And in that book, it, she speaks of the dryness. These are her words, darkness, loneliness and torture that she had undergone in her service to the lepers of India, to the dying of India. She said this, In my soul, I feel just that terrible pain of loss, the loss of God not wanting me, of God not being God, of God not really existing. She had doubt. But one of the things that's amazing about Mother Teresa in the face of doubt, she kept serving with the belief that God is present among the poor. God is present among the broken. God is present with the weak. And it is in her service that her doubt continued to pursue understanding. Amazingly, apart from a few brief remissions, she lived in this state of darkness for 60 years. And the entire time she was serving the poor, and the dying. Now, some believers were shocked by her doubts, while others saw them as the dark night of the soul, common to saints who take on extreme tasks. I was most struck by the way Mother Teresa conducted her life, despite her doubts. She refused to, surren she refused to surrender to doubt. And in the process, by living the core beliefs that she'd really put her trust in, in spite of having questions, she became a shining example of faith. When we serve others while in a season of doubt, we explore. 
We probe, we wrestle, we pursue, we inquire, we ask the questions we've been afraid to ask. And this is what happened for me. Like I said, I've had multiple times in my Christian life where I've wrestled with the doubt. But eventually, as I allowed those questions to rise to the top, and as I allowed myself the place to safely ask the questions among believers, my doubt brought me to new understanding about God and a greater trust in God. As Jude 22 says, be merciful to those who doubt, because maybe, just maybe, they are on the verge of greater trust in God.